you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects and old to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Term Sheets, the Afrotech miniseries available on YouTube about venture capital in New York City, February 2020. I'm talking to Maisha Leak, head of founder of Studio Ops at Human Ventures, a venture fund, part studio, part enterprise agency. During our conversation in her Park Avenue office, I asked Maisha about how to do good while doing good. Now savvy founders can safely navigate the terrain of building a company that positively affects communities, changes lives, saves the whales, and keeps the plastic out of the ocean while generating a huge return for the investors and equity holders. It's sort of like the Carnegie or Rockefeller mindset, right? Like the idea that you can prioritize building great industry and know that you have an obligation to the broader community, right? Um, we straddle that line in that some of our companies 
Our companies are solving problems uh, for corporations, for customers, and they also happen to have a social good impact. Right? There's a way to like to to do the, to solve a problem that's affecting people in mass, and let the the commercial outcome be one of the motivators, and it still do good. Right? I think that the challenge is that many companies I mentioned to you before were built for a very small, technology companies, for a very small group of people and their first world problems, right? There are actually more people that have myriad problems navigating the United States and their community and services and all that, and someone between the federal government that supports them, their own paycheck, they're willing to pay to have the friction taken out of their lives. So I don't think it's a, I don't think you're making a choice about social impact I think that there are more social problems that you can uh, build technology to address that will uh, generate a return. I'm Will Lucas, and this is Black Tech, Green Money. I'm gonna introduce you to some of the biggest names, some of the brightest minds, and brilliant ideas. If you're black in building or simply using tech to secure your bag, this podcast is for you. Pierre Laguerre, CEO and founder at Fleeting, a commercial fleet management and services company, and the first black man to ever raise more than a million dollars from a crowdfunding campaign. I asked Pierre that since when we think about tech, we rarely think about trucking, how can technology be leveraged to create bigger financial returns in the space? And where is there opportunity for innovators like you listening to this episode? I think too often people think that trucking is a cowboy industry. That's the new technology. And I think I'll tell people that you're definitely wrong. But what technology can definitely do is one, is to destigmatize trucking, first and foremost. Trucking come with a lot of existing stigmas, right? Average age of a truck driver is 54 years old. Drivers are spending on average 250 nights away from their family. The food option on the road is horrible. You know, pretty much like trucking doesn't provide any upward mobility to truckers. So by leveraging technology, for me and my own personal experience, what I've seen is one, you can leverage it to create a system, to create a community where you one, give drivers better flexibility, better scheduling, where you can understand the data points where shipment needs to be picked up, where they need to be delivered. That data right here will allow trucking companies and drivers to create better, more efficient systems around scheduling. As I mentioned, drivers are spending 200 nights away from their family. That is something that we really need to think about. How does leverage, leverage the technology allow these drivers to have more home time? Another part of it also is on the road, like I mentioned, drivers cannot find good, healthy food on the road. Everything on the road is garbage at truck stop. Well, technology can actually now guide a driver to tell a driver, well, there's a, re a restaurant in this area that serves some healthy foods. That's one way. And I think for me, the most impactful way to look at technology in the transportation space is the upward mobility component of it, right? A lot of truckers get in trucking and what they're saying is that, hey, look, this industry, we operate under a ceiling cap. We start as a trucker, we die as a trucker. So I think for me, again, by building technology in this space, one, it make the business a lot more efficient. It allow anyone to become an operator in trucking and own a fleet of trucks and be able to kind of run operation. That creates more opportunities, create more job, and create more entrepreneurship. So definitely leveraging technology. There's a lot of um, different section in trucking that can be disrupted. Trucking is very fragmented. We're talking about we still operating like we're still in the 80s. So leveraging technology, one, it can create better communication. Two, it can create better efficient processes for these businesses. And three, you can collect real data around driver challenges and shipper challenges and build better system to create a more efficient industry. Mm. So there are, and you know this better than me, there are some drivers who make 
uh, 90, you know, $100,000 a year and they make really good money. And but still, even those drivers who are doing very well, where might they be leaving money on the table if they were to use technology a little bit better? They could potentially capture more of that opportunity. Absolutely. Drivers, one of the big challenges, um, those are also, by the way, those drivers that's making 100000 150000 those drivers own their own trucks, right? So they have to kind of outsource their own freight. They have to make multiple phone calls to find a load from, let's say if I'm leaving from Georgia to North Carolina, I may have to make six, seven calls to find a load in Georgia. Now, when I get to North Carolina, after I deliver that load, I may have to make another eight, seven calls to find another load coming back to Georgia. So leveraging technology, what that will allow um, for truckers to do one is stop running empty miles. That's something that you hear all the time is when a driver get a load going from one place to the other one, the challenge that they run into is finding them back. back. Absolutely. Yeah. So leveraging technology, allow the drivers to make better decisions, allow them to see exactly where he's going. So for example, I know there's nothing in Florida, but most drivers don't know that, right? There's really not much freight coming out of Florida. Florida is, a, is an inbound state. That means a lot of freight coming into Florida, but there's not too much freight going out of Florida. So me as a driver, if I book a load that's delivering to Florida, how do I find the next load coming out of Florida or neighboring cities in Florida? Well, you don't want to make a thousand phone calls to find that. So technology can tell the driver through data point and say, okay, well, if you're willing to drive an hour away from this city, you can find you a load in Jacksonville. You can find you a load somewhere else. So that technology help the drivers to kind of really maximize the units or the trucks, I would say. But I think, again, truckers are afraid of technology because whenever they hear technology, they hear autonomous. They hear trucking that's going to drive themselves and that's going to take away their job. So they become a little bit defensive about technology. But I think for me, I always tell truckers is don't look at technology as a tool that's going to replace you. Look at technology as a tool that's going to make your days, your life, your business a lot more efficient. So I think drivers leave a lot of money on the table by not leveraging technology to find exactly where's the hot areas to find loads and where's the better area to go into to find a load coming out of that area. Yeah. 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 You, I mean, you mentioned so many things that we're going to be talking about today because it's, it's, I've been looking forward to this conversation. You were somebody I wanted to talk to for some time because we often think of technology as industries, as a, being a building an app or, you know, being a software developer, but look, every industry is impacted by technology, whether you're in trucking or whether you're working in medical, whether you're working in insurance, everybody's using technology. But if we don't see ourselves as somebody, you know, that can use technology to help us scale and do business more sustainably, we miss out on those opportunities. So if you could go in a little bit more there, so folks who don't see themselves as technologists, you know, truckers, particularly for this, for the sake of this conversation and people who are building things to support uh, the trucking, uh, the, the trucking employees or owner operators. How can we, number one, change our minds to believe that this is not something I should shy away from technology, getting a better mobile phone because that phone may have an app or that, you know, that device may may be able to better help me do my business better. How do we first change our minds? So when you're talking to truckers, what is that value proposition you're selling them to say, look, this is not something that you should be afraid of. This is something that you should embrace because it's going to help you. Absolutely. Well, the thing is, is that first we have to look at, you know, the, uh, as I mentioned earlier, look at the average age of a truck driver, right? 54 years old. So a lot of time, you know, guys, uh, those truckers are a lot older. You know, they're still operating with flip phones. You know, they're still not really up into uh, up on technology like that. So I think that's a big challenge and that's going to take a big curve to actually serve that. But I think let's take this further. I think for us is the way I look at it is. I don't think those drivers that exist today is going to be the drivers that we're going to see 10 years from now. 
15 years from now, right? Because those drivers are retiring at alarming rate and they're leaving trucking to for, go, for, um, for gig economy. So although they're saying they're against technology, but they use technology every day, right? They go and drive Uber, they're using technology. Yeah, right. They're on social media, they're on Facebook. So drivers will tell you, no, I don't use technology, but you look at their phone, they have so many different apps. But the thing is, I think it's the approach of the builder, the person that's building that technology first, how can you relate to that trucker on a human level? And I think that's what's missing is that a lot of tech companies, well, I don't want to say a lot of tech companies, but I'm looking at, let's look at tech companies in the supply chain logistics space, is that, you know, you have these smart, brilliant um, children, you know, coming out of college, you know, coming out of uh, Stanford University, coming out of Harvard, you know, so, you know, coming with these great ideas, thinking that, hey, look, I'm going to disrupt trucking. But trucking is one of the last industries that still stand where the human component of uh, trucking is very important. Like it has to be there. So I would say definitely when we talk about those engineers, the builders, the people that's actually thinking about building better tools for trucking, first, they have to put themselves in a trucker seat, right? They have to understand what is the challenges all for truckers. Then I think they'll be in a better position to build something that drivers can relate to. Now, there's something that exists today called driver app fatigue, right? There's so many different companies building mobile platform in the transportation space, but all they are is existing brokers, freight brokers, added a little piece of technology, and then they call it the new disruptor of the market. It's really not, right? So I think drivers are seeing that, and drivers thinking that, well, the tech industry is taking them for a fool. And that's what a lot of drivers are saying, because it's like, well, how do I have Uber Freight? How do I have Convoy? How do I have Transfix? How do I have so many different mobile apps that I can log into to find a freight, but not one of these apps talks directly about the challenges that I'm having as a human being, not being able to see my son on his birthday, not being able to attend my daughter's soccer game, not be able to, you know, be with my wife on our anniversary night. So I think if we start taking a different approach when we're talking about technology and start understanding the human behavior that comes with trucking, I think we'll have a better outcome. But I think the main issue is that those um, entrepreneurs that's in tech, although they're building great tools, they don't have the driver best interest at heart. And that's just the entire industry, right? The, in, the entire industry have commoditized truckers. They don't look at truckers as a valuable partner. They look at truckers as a commodity. I'll tell you go, where to go. I'll tell you when to come back home. Nobody ever really put the thinking cap on and say, okay, well, the driver is by far the most valuable asset you can have in trucking. You can have a thousand trucks, a thousand large shipping companies, if you don't have a driver to move that truck from point A to point B, you do not have a business. So I think it's very important. It's critically important that um, builders really think of drivers and think about their challenges and think about what they go through on a day to day basis to be able to build something that's relatable to that trucker. And I think for me, that's what makes me one of the great leaders in the space, because my background is that I've been a trucker for the past you know, um, 15 years, been in the space for 18 years, but I've drove trucks for 14 years myself. So I understand the pain point on a personal level. So this is why for us, when we building, it's not just, hey, hey, let's go straight to software and build something. First, we want to understand who are we building for? Why are we building it? And how can that tool help that driver become a better entrepreneur? Because that's one of the things drivers are asking is that they're seeing all these tech companies being, you know, overvalued, billion, multi-billion dollar companies, but the drivers that's doing the hard work, they don't see, they don't feel like the builders are thinking about them. And this is why they feel like they're not part of the industry. And I'm pretty sure this is why they feel some type of way about technology. Yeah. Yeah. God, you hit, you're hitting on so many points. Um, so let's, let's go in there a little, a little bit deeper because, you know, I was going to ask you about how, or what is the particular value proposition black people may have with regards to opportunities for wealth creation and, you know, making, you know, progress in logistics. But you gave me a better one in that 
so often when we think about technology and building things that can be disruptive to your point, we don't think about the impact, the human impact on the other side. But if we did talk to those folks who will be impacted, we could potentially come up with better solutions for everybody instead of trying to throw people, you know, away. And yep. so how is it? So let me ask both those questions in one. What is it that you think black entrepreneurs, black innovators, black technologists could uniquely bring to solve that problem? Because you're doing it yourself. Like what what is it that we could bring to the logistics industry that would both be valuable, but would also help, you know, not displace people? Man, that's some great question. And that's something that I talk about all the time. If you look at the um, the trucking industry, it's the $800 billion industry, right? And 40% of the workforce are minorities. And the things that keep us from growing is lack, to, uh, lack of access to capital, lack of access to partnership and corporate, uh, you know, bigger um, corporations, and definitely uh, lack of a sense of innovation, right? So a lot of times, once again, we're not being exposed to the opportunity technology is bringing into our world today, right? We always kind of like beyond the curve on when changes are happening. And I think that's what we're seeing today. There's a lot of minorities in the trucking space that are, you know, running great manual businesses. But I think, how do we get, how do we trigger the innovation side of their mind, right? How do we get them to think, okay, well, I understand the challenges. I understand those processes, but how do I become, and what's the word I'm looking for is not the right word, but I'm going to say lazy. Right. Because sometimes in order for you to be a great innovator, you have to be a lazy individual, not in a bad way, but in a good way, because you're thinking, OK, well, how can I automate this process? I'm tired of dealing with thousand paperwork. I'm tired of dealing with, you know, a bunch of phone calls. Like, you know, I'm tired of just, you know, just kind of hunting and looking for the next driver, hunting and looking for the next best shipment. How do I? State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth... Let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training 
and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Create innovation around that and build something that can actually, one, first, they have to think about themselves as an individual business to say, okay, well, if I bring this system into my business, how can this system also make trucking a lot more efficient? But that's the problem right there, right? Is that, okay, most carriers or trucking companies, operations, they um, pretty much operate very Profit is very slim to none in trucking. It may sound very lucrative, but there's, there's a lot of expenses. And a lot of time, these companies are very small. 96% of this entire $800 billion market are made of small trucking companies that's running five trucks or less. So when they make a profit, they don't have enough capital to reinvest it into technology. They don't have enough capital to invest it into new system. So they continue operating the same old way. So I think the one way to change that, first, we have to expand the pipeline of Black entrepreneur that's getting into tech. Number one, right? We have to make it in a sense. I'm not saying, hey, look, just go ahead, open your checkbook and write everybody a check. But I think we have to really change the statistics on how many founders are raising capitals because once they hear those statistics out of billions of dollars being invested, only 2% are going to black, 
that actually demotivates you to say, oh, well, I'm going to go into tech because you're going to look at those numbers and say, man, there's no way I'm going to raise a million dollars to build an MVP. There's no way I'm going to even get to a point where I can raise a series A. So that keeps a lot of entrepreneurs, especially black entrepreneurs, from getting into tech space. But if you create, if we can create a better ecosystem that give those entrepreneurs in trucking better access to capital, better access to innovation labs to where they could think strategically and think about the challenges that they have in their own perspective business and how they can build that to solve a bigger problem, we'll then start seeing a change. But I think that start with, you know, once again, start the, with the big VC firms, you know, we're talking about angel firms. And also for us, I'm going to bring this back. We're talking about our communities as well. Even our communities is not even fully exposed yet to the power of investing, right? They don't even know yet about the power of crowdfunding. So I think the more we bring um, VCs that look like us, the more they see founders that look like us that are building great product, the more we're going to start changing their mind to thinking that, okay, well, if Pierre can do it, then well, I can do it too. Yeah. Yeah. And for the folks who are African-American black folks across the world, honestly, because trucking is everything. I mean, this is a global industry and maybe directly getting involved in trucking may not be for them from a tech perspective or otherwise. But what are those parallel industries and opportunities that support logistics that they could probably, you know, find economic opportunity in? Well, I mean, as you can see, e-commerce is a big thing to, in today's age, right? Everybody is selling something online. And also, everybody want to order something today and get it in front of their doors tomorrow. So if you look at that and think deeply, you could find, one, more opportunities. And two, you could find ways that technology will make your business a lot more efficient. Let's say, for example, you sell coffee. You know, you own a coffee shop. Well, if there's no truckers to bring that good from the manufacturer to your front door, you don't have a business, right? Your business will suffer and eventually you will go out of business. So I think looking at those things and look at the value that trucking bring into the industry is where you yourself can become uh, innovator yourself to say, okay, well, how do I create a business outside of trucking where I know trucking is the main parent of this industry, but how do I leverage trucking myself to build other businesses? And I think once again, if you look at e-commerce, that's definitely one way you could look at it. If you look at the challenges around drivers um, when it comes to finding parking, right? And somebody's in real estate, they have access to land. Well, guess what? You can create a parking spot and charge truckers $200 a month to come just park their truck in their lot. So there's different ways you can look at trucking and be um, innovative enough yourself to monetize the industry without actually being a driver to drive the truck. For example, for us, we like to call ourselves, uh, I would say the Airbnb of trucking, right? Where we allow anyone to own a truck and register that truck back onto us. We manage everything and let them make passive income. So that's another way people can look at trucking is like, okay, well, how do I tap into this industry without having to, have to go in there and get a CDL, learn so much different regulations and and um, federal rules and regulations in trucking, how do I get into this space and start making some money? So I think it's all about exposure, right? And I think the more people are exposed to understand that 74% of everything we touch around this country is moved by trucks. And the more we keep repeating that message, the more people are gonna start being a little bit more creative and start creating businesses around trucking to build more entrepreneurship and eventually change our trajectory in this, in this nation. And, to, and, to, and further to that, is, is there still opportunity and like last mile delivery for folks who don't maybe may not want to get into trucking directly but it gets to my hometown but it's got to get to the person's door to your point that that purchased the product is there still opportunity there in that last and first explain what last mile delivery is for people who just use the yeah. term talk Correct. about that yeah so yeah first and foremost there's a ton of opportunities in the last mile no one has yet figured out 
the pain point in the last smile, right? So that's one thing. So what last smile is, last smile is the final delivery. Let's say, for example, you order a refrigerator, right? And it's probably coming out of Texas. 18 wheeler, nine out of 10 is gonna pick it up. And let's say you live in New York City, you're gonna bring it to New Jersey, probably start at a warehouse in New Jersey. Or, and then what's gonna happen is a van or a little box truck, a smaller vehicle, will go to the warehouse in New Jersey and get that fridge and bring it to actually your front door. That's what the last mile is. And there's a lot of challenge around last mile, right? Because once again, one, there's already an existing shortage of truckers, the one that drive the, the 18 wheelers, the 53 foot drive van. There's already a shortage of that. And I, like I was saying, 74% of everything that we touch is moved by trucks. So when there's a shortage of truckers, there's a shortage of the flow of product coming into a warehouse and getting into the last mile. And as you can see, as I was talking about earlier, again, e-commerce is a thing. People just want to order everything in their life right at the comfort of the living room on a computer and they want it right away. And this is where last mile comes into play, right? Everything you order, like for example, you have um, shipment that come from different countries. A plane is not gonna land on your block to deliver that box for you. A train is not gonna land on your block to bring that box for you, right? So it's gonna be a minivan or a box truck. And I think the barrier to entry on last mile is a lot lower than it is to the 18 wheel point. But once again, it goes back to that exposure. A lot of people just kind of look at transportation industry as something that uh, I don't want nothing to do with it. But if you really focus on that last mile part alone, you can create a business to where you just buy maybe 15 bicycles and deliver packages to people's doors, right? You can create a business around you leveraging other people's cars to do last mile delivery with boxes. You can create any sort of type of mobility around last mile to create better opportunity. But once again, it still goes back to how do we expose them to think innovation before they can think of getting into that industry and create better system and processes. So but you, you mentioned the word like supply chain, like there's a lot of issues with supply chain right now. And, and, and we all experiencing it, you know, pre pandemic, like everything came in a day or two days. If you got it from Amazon, now you get delays after delays, after delays, you go to the store and stuff that used to be readily available because something happened down the line, it can't get there. Um, where do you see opportunity in the supply chain issues? Man, the supply chain issues is always going to be opportunities, right? So for me, where I see opportunities is once it's a problem of supply and demand, right? It's pretty much after the pandemic, you understand a lot of companies just kind of pretty much sold out everything that they had in their warehouses. Now to replenish those warehouses, it creates a lot of, you know, a lot of challenges. And even through the pandemic alone, about 80,000 truckers left trucking, right? And they're not coming back. So the opportunities that I see on supply chain is pretty much one is to create better system. And I think those system is, is, is definitely going to be around communication. And I think that's one of the big barriers that we have in trucking today is how do we communicate? How do we communicate directly from me being a store owner? How do I communicate directly with a manufacturer and understand, OK, well, if I'm going to put this order, how long is it going to take? For this order to get to me and what is it that i need to do i'll soon in advance that i have to put my order in to make sure that i keep um keep my store you know keep my shelf full of whatever product that i'm selling but i think the opportunity again is creating communications um system because that's one thing we do not have currently at the moment you do have companies um that are building some great tools around it but once again it's not enough of us it's probably one or two companies thinking about that right but if we go back again to the statistic of 40% of the workforce and supply chains are minorities, for me is how do we get them to think innovative to see those values to create better businesses? But I would definitely say communication is one of the biggest challenges that we're seeing today. And the, the lack of access to truckers 
is where opportunity is at. So if any young man from, for me, I find it very appalling that America is short almost a million truckers. Meanwhile, you have communities where young men or young women looking for opportunities, they don't know which way to turn. That's an opportunity for somebody to obtain a CDL and become a trucker and really tapping into this, um, this market. We're talking about trucking is the only industry that you don't need a college degree. You can literally make $80,000, $70,000 a year. So I think those opportunities really stand. And I, for me, is this is why I want to kind of be that leader that's not just talking about bringing a return to our shareholders. But how do we have social impact in trucking? How do we go back to those communities and expose those opportunities to them and allow them and also help them, empower them, and educate them to obtain the tools that they need to be successful in trucking? So, But there is a lot of opportunities there. It's just lack of exposure, lack of communication. I would, I would imagine that many of the owner operators operate as independent contractors. They go out, they find a deal, they, get, they keep it moving. What would you say is food for thought for them to be more entrepreneurial to where they're actually building a business and not just selling their time? Oh man, that's something that, you know, I talk to, I talk to truckers about that all the time right and the industry have this kind of stigma around truckers is that one truckers don't understand unit economics two truckers don't understand how to build relationship directly with shippers right and three they call them cowboys so what they depend on they depend on freight brokers to do that for them and this i'm not just saying saying this to vilify freight broker right there's bad players all across um trucking you're gonna find bad drivers you're gonna find bad um, trucking companies you're gonna find um, bad shippers and you definitely gonna find you some bad brokers but i think if truckers can actually for one second take that trucker hat off right not just look at themselves as somebody that's just driving a big rig look at yourself as a business being able to communicate clearly and i always tell people this a diplomat can take something off his chest without taking his shirt off right and a lot of times drivers like i said they think that they have this cowboy attitude but who wouldn't have a cowboy attitude when I had an appointment to deliver a freight here at 8 a.m.? It's 12 p.m. I'm still sitting at the same place. I haven't get unloaded. Now you messed up my appointment for my next pickup for my next load. Of course, every driver operate like they have a chip on their shoulders. Like, hey, look, I'm not seeing my family. I'm not getting proper rest. But here I am hustling and hustling. But I get to this delivery. I'm being held for six, seven hours, and I can't even make my next pickup. So that actually changed the entire attitude. They get angry. They lose, um, they lose drive. And it's just kind of like, you know what? they just don't care anymore so i think for me is telling drivers number one you're the professional here you're the one that obtained the professional license so you should always maintain your professionalism number one number two is learn how to communicate with your partners your shipper partners your broker partners right understand exactly what is their needs what is it that they're looking to get out of you and also be fair and be confident in letting them know your expectation what is it that you expect when you're doing a job for a particular broker or for a particular shipper. So I think, again, changing that narrative from truckers, uh, instead of just operating like cowboys and, you know, just kind of like always in a rush, there's this term in trucking we use is hurry up and wait. So it's like, yeah, you rush to get over there, but you're just going to sit down and, and wait for six hours. So if we can teach them about patience, if we can teach them about how to communicate clearly the challenges, even when they're upset, how do they communicate that with the shipper partners and broker partners? I think you will start seeing a different change and truckers the way they think today but again it still goes back to the stigma that exists today in trucking so for us is how do we focus on building the next generation of truckers with all those things that we just mentioned how do we equip them with the right education with the right knowledge with the right tools how do we get them to understand financial literacy and trucking how do they understand their unit economics how do you build relationship directly with shippers so now you don't have different parties in your pocket making money off of your hard labor you understand why you want 
on the road, not seeing your family, but you had a broker that woke up in his living room, the broker loaded to you and he made $200 off of it. He didn't have to do anything. So I think by doing that, we'll start changing the narrative and get the drunkards to start really looking at themselves as entrepreneurs instead of looking at themselves as truck drivers. That is a job us truckers have to do. Shippers not going to do it for us. Brokers not going to do it for us. As you can see, the rules and regulations is not going to do it for us. We have to put that professional hat on and really treat ourselves like a business. Excellent, excellent. I, I read a story um, where you had this quote. I'm going to read it. It says, um, after a tragic you know, event happened in your life, uh, I believe with your son a couple of years ago, it's like three or four years ago, um, you said, because of that tragic event, I will build a team. I will add tech to make sure that we are building a sustainable and successful company because you were on the road 200 yes. days a year and away from family, away from your kids. And you were like, God, if you just help me do this, get through this, I'm going to build this company that's sustainable, bigger than me. So it's not so reliant on me is that sentiment. Right. And what caused you to believe that adding technology would help it be sustainable. Like what was it about the technology addition and piece that was missing previously that kept you from being sustainable? Yes, um, it, it goes back again to scheduling, right? A lot of times what I would see is that trucking companies is always looking for great talent, great drivers. And drivers are always looking for a company that can treat them like a human being, give them some level of flexibility and allow them to spend more time with their loved one. But I understand traditionally how trucking operates. It's very hard for a trucking company to tell a driver, yeah, you can work Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and take the rest of the week off. Remember that trucking company has insurance that they have to pay. They um, have truck notes that they have to pay. And they still have, you know, Uncle Sam in their pocket. And there's still a lot of regulation in trucking that's affecting their bottom line. So a trucking company cannot afford to tell a driver to work only three days. So for me, the way I saw it is, like, okay, well, by leveraging technology, as opposed to overworking one driver for 70 hours for the week, well, why don't we find two drivers that's willing to work 35 hours each for the week, allow them to have flexible flexibility and allow them to spend more time with their loved one. But the big... State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. 
So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The most beautiful part about that is now you have a driver that worked 35 hours, he's less tired, he's more energetic. He's more happier about the job that he's doing. And it's a lot safer for our public roads. You understand? Our families are on the highways. When a truck gets into an accident, it could be a real disaster when drivers fall asleep behind the wheel. So by leveraging that technology and building that critical mass, it will prevent, it will kind of help these trucking companies to look at trucking from a different standpoint. Instead of saying, well, I'm going to hire a peer and I need a peer to work 70 hours per week. Well, no, you don't have to hire a peer and, and slave peer to 70 hours a week. You can hire a peer. And Pierre said, hey, look, I'm only available Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. This is all I can give you. Okay, take that. But then also you could find another will, right? That say, hey, man, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday is tough for me because me and my wife schedules conflict, but I'm willing to work Thursday to Sunday. So now you have an entire week of two employees or two drivers that can come in and do the job. They're happy about it. They're a lot safer. They're a lot more rested. And I think that changed, again, the bottom line for these trucking companies because you're always keeping their trucks moving. So that's how I saw technology was going to bring a different feel into trucking and actually solve the driver pain point and eventually solve the driver shortage. But to dig into that a little deeper, my injuries was, you know, from 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 an attempt carjacking robbery in Brooklyn. And, you know, those brothers look like me. Right. And I asked myself all the time, what if that brother would have came to me and said, man, you look nice. This is a nice car. What is it that you do for a living? Nine out of 10, I would have said, hey, I own a trucking company. I've shown younger, I've shown um, plenty of my friends in my community how to get their CDL. Nine out of 10, I would have told them I own a trucking company. Um, I can show you how to get a CDL and I can show you how to become a fleet owner. But of course, we live in communities where if I can't get it, somebody else look like they have it, I'm going to take them from them and possibly kill them for it. So for me, that was the pivotal moment for me to say, okay, well, how can I prevent another brother to hurt another brother? Or how can I prevent crime period in different communities? And I think about it as, okay, well, by exposing to opportunity, by really giving them a way that they can make a living for themselves and their family, eventually we can kind of, you know, reduce the crime rate in certain inner cities. Certainly, certainly. And I, I want to go back to something you said about um, the, the, the truck driver A who wants to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the other one, truck driver B, 
who wants to work Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, I, I see like the value of that to the trucking company. How does truck driver A make as much or more money if they decide to not work 70 hours, but work 35? That's another great question. Now, if you look at it again, we're into the gig economy age, right? How about we look at trucking like this? I work Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday as a truck driver, and then Thursday to Saturday, I drive Uber or Lyft, right? Still make some additional income, but I don't have to be on the road away from my family, right? So instead of a driver, same way, instead of a driver saying, well, I'm going to drive Lyft seven, six days a week, well, that same driver can say, you know what, instead of me driving Uber for, for um, seven days a week, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to drive Uber Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and I'm going to get a CDL on Thursday to Sunday. I know I can make more money. In those four days alone, a driver could make $1,200, and he probably makes $600 in those three days that he worked for Uber. So in a sense, is that it's not that he's losing no money. I think, one, we allow the driver to buy his time back, and two, allow him to tap into different opportunities so where he can make um, more income and be able to still be able to sustain his family without having to worry about, you know, financial situation. You know, I mentioned the truck drivers who probably leverage technology to your point. They got all the apps on their phone, but they don't see themselves as, tech as techies. They may be more apprehensive to lean into technology. But let's say after this conversation, they're sold like they look. All right. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to go because I know I can, like you said, be more sustainable, more scalable. What are some of the early and low hanging fruit technology plays that truck drivers who are not trying to build, you know, a billion dollar company like you, but just trying to do it better. Like what are some of the easy, like if you do this X, Y, and Z, you will probably be, have a better, you know, quality of life and you make a little bit more money, you live more efficiently, et cetera. What are some of those early tech plays that are low hanging fruit that truck drivers should implement? Um, I would definitely say around communities, right? Building tech plays around communities because what we're seeing is after the pandemic, everybody and their mother want to get into trucking, right? But people still don't know whether to tap into these information. How do I build a trucking company? How do I run an efficient trucking company? How do I build driver culture? So I think by taking all these, if you look at all these uh, moving pieces that's in trucking, I think it creates different opportunities where, yes, somebody can actually build a, a good sizable $50 million business to $100 million business in trucking without thinking that, hey, look, I want to kind of take this to the top and just become the, the multi-billion dollar companies. Because if you look at fuel, getting fuel is a problem. Um, going to waste station, when truckers, um, truckers step at waste station uh, for the Department of Transportation to do tr um, truck check. What is it that you, you can build to give truckers as a tool to remind them to constantly do their pre-trip inspection? What is it that you can build? And I'm not saying, uh, you know, as far as GPS, as far as, you know, communication tool with drivers. For example, let's say I do this delivery at this Walmart number 938 in Tennessee, but that Walmart held me for eight hours, right? How do I build a communication system? How do I build a communication channel to where, you know, I can let other truckers know, hey, look, if you're going to take this load, make sure you're prepared for X, Y, and Z. Make sure you book your next load around this time. These are all little hanging fruits that drivers can build. Even around fuel, drivers walk around, 90% of a driver's work is paperwork, right? How do you build something that automate the paperwork that these drivers are constantly using? So there's so many low hanging fruits in trucking that people can tap into. But once again, I still stand on what I say is like before they can even think about tapping into these low hanging fruits and build technology around them first, they have to have the spark of innovation. They have to have the feel that, okay, well, I can do this, right? I'm qualified enough to do this. I've dealt with this pain point. So I think we just have to get them that confidence that they, that, um, that they are the expert in that field. They deal with the pain point and they should be the one that actually builds some solutions around it. 
you know, you will go down in history for being the first black man to raise a million plus um, using crowdfunding. So number one, congratulations. You know, that's historical okay. marker there. Um, what did what did you learn and during and during that process about how to sell to non-institutional investors, people who don't do this every day? Because, you know, there's a sophisticated investor who's always looking for the thing. They know how to vet these things. They know how to find the deals. They know how to get in on the deals. But crowdfunding is like you're going to people on your block, proverbial block, you know, the Internet block. Right. And you're selling them on this new vehicle that thanks to Obama, Biden, that Jobs Act we have. But now you got to pitch them on something new and you're the first one to do it from our community. What did you learn about how to sell us on how the wealth opportunity in technology um, is available to us now? Yeah, man. Um, I think for me, that was, you know, storytelling, right? How do you understand? For me, first, I had to own my story because I used to always be ashamed of my story, you know, coming from Haiti, you know, be, I wanted to be a neurologist and um, on the community that I landed when I came in, it was very rough. That's why I decided to get my CDL. So I was always kind of shy of my own story, but realizing that my own story is where the power lies. This is where the value is at. Because like they say all the time, investors don't invest in product, investors invest in people. So for me is, okay, well, how do I sell my story, but not sell it like a, a car salesman, but how do I really get the emotional aspect of everything that I've went through in my own personal life? What is it that I've learned and what I want to do with the, with the takeaways that I've learned, how I want to change the world? How do I want to impact trucking and make it a better ecosystem? Not just for me, not just for truck drivers, not just for trucking companies, but also the consumers, the people that ordering stuff online all the time. So I think my takeaway from that was one is be relatable, right? Be able to kind of really share your story on an emotional standpoint that actually touch people. And when I say touch people, you had not in not once again, not touching their pocket like a salesperson, but really touch the emotional aspect of what it looked like to be a trucker. What is the challenge that, you know, drivers go through, you know, on a day to day, not seeing their family. And I think by being able to kind of really tell that story very well to the audience. And number two, by being able to educate people in my community that didn't know anything about investing, that didn't know anything about crowdfunding, I think it creates a better, um, a better ecosystem. It allow people to relate to me a lot better. It allow people to understand the industry that I'm in. It allow people to understand the challenges that exist in trucking. And most importantly, people saw that, okay, well, if I am successful at doing this, the impact that this platform will have on our day-to-day -day world. So I think it's most important is, you know, how you share your story, how your product, how can people relate to the product that you're building? And not just your users and your customers, but also people that's on the sideline, right? That's not in trucking. But for me, I think is getting them the buy-in to understand how if we all come together as a community, we can actually drive change. And I think I was really successful at doing that. And especially, you know, I think for me, I would say, um, you know, George Floyd death, right? Around that time, George Floyd had just got killed. And I think that moment in our history, in our country, a lot of people was really coming together and say, okay, well, how can we do more? How can we listen more? So I use those opportunity as a way to talk about challenges that, you know, we face when we've grown up in certain communities, somebody may not be aware of. I, you know, talk about the challenges that I've gone through trying to raise, um, you know, institutional uh, money from institutional investors. When my background is not in finance, I didn't go to Harvard, I didn't go to Stanford, I was a truck driver. So I think 
being able to tell a compelling story to your audience and have the buy-in, once again, not just from the product, but from the emotional standpoint, that's how I was able to really successful um, max out that round. So you've built this thing, it's growing. Um, and particularly when you invest capital, you know, and you've, you've got VC money and you've got, um, you know, non-institutional investor money. They're looking for, you know, humongous returns. Some, some are very short-sighted. They don't want to wait 10, 20 years to get that money. Um, and I, I wonder in, t in eight to 10 years, perhaps when we have driverless trucks on the road, what does that mean for a company like what you're doing? Oh man, that's a great, great question. And I get that question from investors all the time. So let me get into pitch mode. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, so here's the real deal. Honestly, we don't see autonomous truck becoming a thing in 10 years. Now, I'm not saying that it will never become a thing, but 10 years, I think is a, it's a, it's a push because one, we don't have the infrastructure yet. As you can hear Biden talking about the new bill to create infrastructure. So that's going to take some time to get in place, right? That's number one. Number two, if you look at the safety component of autonomous truck, right? The insurance industry is still like, okay, well, who is going to, number one, it's bad enough to insure a truck with a driver in it, right? Who's going to insure a truck with no drivers, uh, without no drivers in it? And number three, the safety component that I talk about is we use truck to move all types of product across our country, right? We're talking about hazardous material, you know, materials like me, product that can literally kill you, the product that can literally wipe out an entire city. Now, let's just now, let's just look at this real quick, right? A, a trailer is 53 foot long, can hold up to about 45,000 pounds in weight. What makes you think other big corporations are getting hacked? What makes you think somebody or uh, adversaries of the US is looking at this and say, well, how do I load a 53 trailer bomb and hack the system and go ignite this truck in a major city? So that's another part that nobody never really think about. But also the other part of it is if autonomous do becomes a thing, it creates a bigger challenge around the last mile, right? Because now, yes, you will have trucks driving um, a lot faster. You know, drivers don't have to be fatigued. You know, they don't have to be in these trucks, which I don't believe is because that, there's different levels of autonomy before it becomes fully autonomy by itself. But I think, again, what it will, we'll see is we can get one truck to drive with probably like six trucks following beyond via Bluetooth, right? But let's just say we do that from Texas to New York. Now, when the trucks get to New Jersey or New York, there's going to have to be a hub, a hub where I mean, where let's just say we did that with 50 trucks that came through an autonomous lane if they created it. Now, autonomous is not going to be able to get into the last mile, right? If that was the case, Uber would have been to um, already have, you know, autonomous cars, all of that. So there's still a lot of data points that we need to collect before we can ensure safety of the public with these autonomous vehicles. Now, you're talking about autonomous 80,000 pound truck going through inner cities to do deliveries. Who's going to open up that door? Who's going to make sure that the tenums on the tires slide all the way to the back? Who's going to make sure that like, you know, to, to, to unhook the truck if the shipper say, hey, look, I don't want this truck to be hooked to the trailer while I'm unloading it. All those things that we still have to think about. But most importantly, by creating that, it creates more of a driver demand because when a truck gets to that hub, it's going to need at least 50 drivers waiting there to get in that truck, to drive that truck to the last mile. So I don't foresee it as being a complete disruptor of eliminating us who we are. As a matter of fact, the way I see it is, if we can educate our drivers today about financial literacy, how to be very efficient, well, guess what? Those drivers tomorrow become the owners of the autonomous truck. So in a sense, they're never wiped out. They're still in the industry because they're the one that's owning these autonomous trucks. So there's a lot of opportunities there, you know, for autonomous, for me, I'm not afraid of it. I welcome autonomous. But if it was that easy, 
why do we have a shortage of pilots? Planes can fly by themselves, but it still requires to have pilots in the cockpit, right? So we still have to think about those um, interesting part. When we talk about autonomous, I don't want people just blindly. And I think a lot of times that's what creates the fears in driver heart, right? So we still have to look at all those potential challenges and seeing, okay, well, how does autonomous is going to be a thing if it does become a thing? But we're not worrying about it. <laughs> But I'm not worried about autonomous. As a matter of fact, with our model, allowing people to own trucks, and once again, I think it will create a, a, a new asset class to where now maybe the average American, the, um, the, the um, you know, the minority communities can actually kind of create new systems around, well, okay, well, how do I own a truck? Just like you see people go and purchase expensive condos and expensive homes to do Airbnb. It's the same way you will see that it creates a new market class where people will be looking to buy autonomous trucks to make passive income from them. But we still, I would say for me personally, I still think we're still about 20 years to 30 years away from really seeing that happening. Black Tech Green Money's a production of Blavity Afro Tech on the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. It's produced by Morgan DeBond and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Sarah Ergen and Rose McLucas. Special thank you to Micah Davis and Vanessa Serrano. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. Enjoy your black tech green money? Share this with somebody. Go get your money. Peace and love. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.